Hello and welcome to Keyframes, a podcast about anime. I'm your host, Ben Halliburton, and with me today is Andy. Hey, hey. And Duncan. Hey there. Britcast. Except oh. for me. <laughs> you can be an honorary Brit, Ben. Yeah. Uh, well, well, like... that's, that's a touchy subject for some people. <laughs> Our I... countries have a lot in common, I suppose. Yeah, we're uh, <laughs> but anyway. monsters running them. Um, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Uh, anyway, on that on that high flown note, yeah. we are going to go ahead and talk about our discussion topic for this uh, fortnight, which is slice of life anime. There's going to be some definitional hijinks here, and then we will talk about our own interpretations of the definition and talk about our favorites. Because when preparing for this, I realized that. Uh, especially if you look at the extremely bloated uh, TV tropes list, <laughs> most of what we watch is apparently slice of life, uh, and even under some more restrictive definitions, I think uh, a lot of what we watch is, sli- is slice of life. <laughs> so, slice of life um, originally uh, emerged as a uh, theater terminology in the 19th century that described basically naturalistic uh, theater theater where there was dialogue that was not building the plot or reinforcing characterization. It was just people living their lives as normal people. Um, uh, it, it was a synonym for something like kitchen sink realism in film. Um, in literature, uh, it had it has a bit more of an expanded uh, definition of just series of arbitrary vignettes of a person's life um, that often lack any sort of plot or conflict, or even really an ending besides just the event activity or incident ending. Yeah. Um, this is also a pretty late 19th, early 20th century thing when it's just like, oh, art can look like real life in so many ways. <laughs> uh, and in anime, uh, the Wikipedia article uh, claims that uh, claims that uh, slice of life is more uh, melodrama, but I think the person's mostly just talking about gag gag anime where there's lots of stuff happening that seems absurd but it's all supposed to be very normal and ordinary mm-hmm. usually focused on a school setting or a or a domestic setting um i don't agree with that definition i think that, it's, <laughs> that what i go for with slice of life is generally what i consider literature's definition which is like <laughs> a bunch of boring everyday shit that happens to characters maybe it's reinforced because <laughs> i just I just watched the second season of Non Non Biori two days ago, so <laughs> yeah, that is a that is the that. consummate slice of life for me. Where like fucking nothing happens. My God, <laughs> oh, uh, so good. So it's good. a very it's a very beautiful anime. I will say that I'd forgotten how like lush and Garden of Words ish mm. or like other sort of like extremely like well well funded production IG ish backgrounds they have with the with the with the surrounding countryside. But man, it's like there is literally one scene where Ren Chan's just got her recorder and she's sitting on the back porch playing it, waiting for waiting for uh dinner to start. And it's forty five seconds of just oh. like of just like a little kindergartner just like tooting on her recorder playing a really bad version of a Japanese folk uh folk song. And like I mean that kind of overlaps with, I think, the other definition that we're going to run into a lot, uh, which is healing anime, which I think we've mm. talked about a bit before. The idea of anime that has a particularly peaceful, conflict-free, integrating, holistic, and wholesome uh, feel to mm. it. And I think a lot of people see those two th- ideas, slice of life, 
uh, and healing as one and the same. I don't personally. I think mm. a lot of slice of life comedy is un- unhealing. <laughs> it's very <laughs> weird and violent and overdramatic, uh, more towards the, the Wikipedia definition that we saw. So yeah, um, slice of life is something that's like very domestic or childhood focused. Slice of life is something that's highly procedural. Slice of life is something that's just very chill and not much happens. These are all things I think that kind of overlap to make a more foggy category. Mm. Uh, what do you think, Duncan? I th- I think like one one of the key things is for me for slice of life things is that there's a sense of a routine, like mm. of little things happening again and again. Not important things, just everyday things, and they create a, a rhythm which reminds you of the situation. And I think I've previously sp- spoke of working and its mm-hmm. various sequels in particular for how the the sort of cadence of those comedies reminds me of how it's to be in an office or uh, working retail, like these the way that you're sort of only meeting people for sort of a moment, you talk to them, they move on, and people sort of moving in and out of of each other's space, asking little requests and stuff sometimes, and things which don't lead to anything. It's just, oh, where are those books? Or, or can you get that report done? And just things which are just an interaction without a sort of dramatic path to anywhere. And I think, for me, Slice of Life generally has that in some form or another, some form of non non narrative interactions, I guess is the best way I can can put it. And this I think I'm more forgiving of, of the, the genre boundaries than you, Ben. I, I like I'm happy for for them to do more dramatic things after using the the more humdrum everyday things as a setup or as a background for their comedy reflecting on it. Um, and I don't know, I, I feel a bit torn over some of the, the entries I saw in the TV tropes where they were fantasy or science fiction. Now, because there's things like, um, for instance, uh, the original, um, I can't remember if it was the OVAs or the TV series of Pat Labour, which I found, which is really slice of lifely to me, because it's just like them sit, sitting around in the e police station and growing tomatoes and mm-hmm. chatting with each other. Yeah, it's but, mostly the mostly the OVAs. I would yeah. say, yeah. But equally, they have a giant robot. <laughs> so yeah. it's, not, it's not. Most of our lives don't have that in, and so it, it does does break that. And but I'm, I think I, as long as it has that. Um, logical routine and social groups which are consistent and interactions which are small and not related to any larger plot i'm happy to to extend it to fantasy and uh um science fiction stuff yeah i don't i don't disagree that that you can have fan fantastic elements in a slice of life um i do think that oftentimes the incongruity there is is deliberately uh, put to the foreground. Like when we were talking about working before, and I said that working makes sure that it doesn't actually capture the extreme stress that is working a, like a, a service <laughs> industry job. And they do that by basically just having 
the the wicker man character who <laughs> whose job is to complain about how like no one else does any work at this restaurant except for her and they're all really weird and never do any work and and yamada who's the who's the opposite who who does nothing <laughs> <laughs> and then like yeah but then like the idea with like dragon maid or pat labor is that you do have these very mundane very low stakes interactions and sure there is a anthropomorphic dragon uh or a giant robot there but like it's so normalized and oftentimes their status as a, a dragon or a robot doesn't come out um but i do think that that's distinct from say something like uh march comes in like a lion which i think has a lot of slice of life tone and pacing um, but I wouldn't call it a slice of life anime. It's just using those elements to to heighten the the very explicit melodrama of the of the shogi duels mm. uh, and the family bullshit. Mm. Um, because that's the interesting thing. Domestic domestic scenes are very common for slice of life, like fucking Minami K that I could complain about forever, which is just <laughs> nom nom biori. Not on Biori, but even more boring because it doesn't have the beautiful backgrounds. It's just the just three sisters living in a in an apartment in Tokyo. Um, but uh, but domestic scenes are very common. Uh, but also, it's not very common for them to have any sort of real family problems, like fighting over who ate the mochi. Uh, <laughs> yeah, is is the common sort of fight. There's never fights about wanting to date someone or move away and in fact romance is fairly rare in slice of life just because it's innate drama attracting potentials if someone's dating they've been dating forever and mm. the guys basically because it's usually girls a <laughs> slice mm. of life uh i feel like i do but, i do uh, feel like there's like a subgenre of um romance which like uh Watako is like the example i think of here where it is very much just like these yeah, these these slices of their their lives together as couples, rather than a, a will they won't they drama going on or mm-hmm. uh, anything like that, where the relationship is stable and it's more about mm-hmm. them their moment to moment interactions and growing within it, and so it feels very different to something like than say I don't know. Um, lovely complex where that it's there's very much still tension and drama of even though they are a couple it's still oh who's going to come in and break up that couple and yeah but i do think that those that those stories are relatively rare in slice of life anime i would say that the vast majority of love stories do involve like are they going to get together or are mm-hmm. they going to break yeah, up yeah. um and yeah i don't know <laughs> i think that Wotakoi itself is a is a show about otaku first and a show about dating second. I put it on, on almost the same the exact same yeah. uh we wouldn't have a show if they weren't otaku. You have to admit yeah, that's that. true. <laughs> it's very true. Uh I put it on the same tier as Genshiken, which also mm. purports to be I would say what almost disqualifies it as uh as slice of life for me is that it's very procedural about getting things done. They're like putting together a, a doujin to take to Kamiket um, or Kamifest, I think they call it uh, <laughs> in the, because they don't want to get sued by Kamiket. Um, but, uh, but it does eventually become as, as the characters grow up and graduate college and get into relationships, it does become a show that's a lot more about building stable, long-term adult relationships and becomes a lot more slice of lifey because of that. 
And of course, like the big drama of the first season of of uh, of Genshi Ken is that the main artist for the doujin doesn't like or respect the leadership of the guy who was voted to be in charge of like, you know, being the producer and making sure that everything comes together. And so is just not doing the work to sabotage that guy, which is both very fairly dramatic by the way they present it, but also a very normal problem yeah. <laughs> to anybody who's ever yeah, had to get yeah. anything done. Um, so I don't know. I think that it's, it is a very blurred boundary and, and you're right. I just want us to have a definition so that we don't end up <laughs> talking about Eureka seven or Joe's oh, bizarre adventure. Yeah, some of that those is unbreakable. So, I mean, I would say that oh, no, bizarre <laughs> adventure part four definitely has strong slice of life, uh, overtones because that is just him going to school every day and then finding stands, but let's not get into that. It's not what the point is of this show. <laughs> no, I, I, of course I agree that most of JoJo is not slice of life. There you go. I qualified it. <laughs> um, uh, I was going to mention that also one that um, I quite like is an interesting take on slice of life is, I don't know whether you've read, we've mentioned this before, but Dead Dead Demons, Dead Dead Dead, dead Destruction, um, which is... Uh, Oyasumi Pumpun's mangaka's newest work. And that's really interesting in that it's trying to be two girls trying to do their mundane school life of just living a normal life, finding relationships, falling out of relationships, etc. But there's an alien spaceship and a potential alien invasion that may or may not have happened. And you get all this potential big overarching world plot stuff coming in in like small little drips and drabs as you just sort of watch a, two girls try and live a normal life. It's actually yeah. quite an interesting sort of... It's, 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 it's good because it's, it's, it's literally got this, this spaceship hanging over their, t- yeah. their, their town and it's, it's not doing anything. It's just been sitting there for years, like this mm-hmm. slow, slow burning thing where people think, is it, is it getting more and more unstable or is it, is it because occasionally bits of it fall off and yeah. there's like these refugees from them and it's it's kind of mundane and but then also but then also is there because you don't see any of the refugees like it's never to, or at least from where I read up to it's never told from the point of the refugees or the spaceship or the aliens it's all told purely from the perspective of these two girls who just don't even care they're just like it's scary how much people normalize the situations and as kids they mm-hmm. do like the weirdest thing from b stars uh not b stars bna was it starts off with an introduction where it's just like everybody hates be like these beast monsters and i'm just like well that doesn't sit right why the hell does it why the hell does everybody hate them and then by the second episode i'm like oh yeah everybody hates them oh, yeah of course <laughs> and it's just that weird thing of like people internalizing things without questioning it that is kind of scary and it's definitely with demons with dead or dead, it's like yeah it does that in buckets <laughs> um girls last tour oh yeah feels yeah. like it has a very similar um place in our niche to uh ddd that it it's very much just a you have the situation they're in and them just existing within it I think that the difference between Girls Last Tour and Dead 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 is that Girls Last Tour actually has a goal and an objective. Like they're trying to find mm. a semblance of survivors, or they were been told to run away and to find, you know, basically salvation. 
whilst with Dedede, they're not even trying to find salvation. There's nothing wrong with the world. Well, there is. There's a huge spaceship. But apart from that, like, <laughs> they're, they're not in an apocalyptic wasteland where they're trying to find people. They're just, in a, mm-hmm. just living in Tokyo. I think, like, the, th- the, th- the thing I'd, I'd sort of push back there is that I feel like in Girls Last Tour, there's an extent that they... Are, it's, it's a travel log, and I think maybe travel logs have their own particular subgenre in, in Slice of Life. So Girls Last Tour, like, obviously, they're just... They're travelling, but they're not travelling to a particular place. They're just looking for a way to survive. Their Their aim is just to exist from day to day, if it was, oh, we're, we are trekking towards taking this parcel to, which will save our people, then that would be a very different feel because there'd be tension and, and stuff. Whereas yeah. it's just moment to moment, day to day. And I think it, that, yeah, I mean, there's still if, a, if there's still fret the case, them. If that was the case, there'll be places where they wouldn't be moving. Like they've, they, they have found various places of salvation like when they found the uh, jet fighter, the jet fighter pilot. Like, there's been moments where they're like, "We could live here forever," and but they don't. They decide to move on because. But there's and there's and on top of that, there's also um, in the small amount of back story we get, we get the impression that they are running away from something or someone that's like killed at least somebody important to them you don't ever find out what it is but that to me raises the stakes above just sort of like like slice of life mm-hmm. it's a healing anime it's a healing anime i'll give you <laughs> that like girls last tour is has wonderful scenes of just sort of like relaxation and sort of the beauty of nature when in a world that's destroyed and gone to shit especially when they like the rain scene i quite enjoyed for that mm-hmm. particular reason yeah i do I do think that there is a, there are two types of humor that are endemic to slice of life anime, and that first it's just like watching cute kids react at the world, mm-hmm. and then the other is just like full on weirdo Japanese gag gag <laughs> stuff. Like you get Nazumanga Daya or Nichi Joe, yeah, uh, that obviously prompt people to prompt people to think that those sort of manic things are also slice of life while not necessarily being healing unless you've got a very odd sort of wound. So, <laughs> uh, and then the, and there's like a middle ground of kind of like lucky star, which has both like the weird, like meme poisoned gags and just like, Oh, Ka- Kagami can't jump over a hurdle. That's her sister. Mm. I forget what her sister's name is. The one who's mm. not Kagami. <laughs> Konata's uh, the mother arc where you find out about her mum dying. Is it Konata? Oh, the blue hair. I guess we haven't watched Lucky Star in a long time. I, it's, it's, no, apologies. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, how dare you? I'm, you don't I'm actually crazy. love. Don't actually love anime. Uh, yeah, Konata, you're right. Yeah. Uh, uh, Tsukasa is uh, is the other one. Uh-huh. Not that's not Kagami. <laughs> I just remember Kagami because uh, Mirror, right? So yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I was going to mention like the the two big. Slice of life animes for me that come up is Non Non Biori, which I also did a rewatch of. And I, I don't know, there's something about that show that I absolutely adore. And even, even if they are 45 second, like scenes of Ren Chon playing a recorder, I kind of love and respect that in a way that they have the ghoul just to do that. Like, I don't know whether many shows can get away with that um, these days. 
Uh, and then the other one is Yotsuba. I think Yotsuba is like the huge slice of life healing anime. Sort of, well, it's not an anime, but it's not an anime. It's not an anime, but if it it's anime adjacent, I guess. But that is so like well, there is that Danboru. <laughs> there is the Danboru anime, which is not which is not good. Um, let's not um, let's not mm. get involved into that. So would you consider, since you obviously think that slice of life definitionally does not include plot or any sort of forward momentum besides the passage of time, yeah. uh, do you think of, say, Kaon or Tamayura as not slice of life anime? Because they are trying to like go to go to like make it to a concert or something, I or mean, in Tamayura's case, to get into college to become <laughs> a phot- photographer. I haven't, don't think I've seen the second one, but... Kaon, I've obviously seen. You'd like it. Like, uh, <laughs> I, I probably would. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Like, Kaon, I've seen, but I think Kaon also, like, then again, we've also got this emergence with Moe anime, but I feel Kaon is more in the Moe anime camp rather than the Slice of Life, although I do agree it's Slice of Life as well. Very much so. <laughs> um, it's really as they come, I guess. <laughs> yeah. It's it's the pornography definition. You know it, and you, you know it when you see it. Yeah. So. But... but th- so I was to say, do, do, does the stakes matter then? Is it if it if it's an aim which the audience themselves could aspire to, then maybe that's the sort of plot moving forward that doesn't break the slice of life template. Where whereas if it's something dramatic and outside what normal experience, then 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 they are no longer slice of life. I mean, yeah, I see what you're saying. I I would agree. Um with you there if there is a drive there has to be something uh, a chain attainable within sort of real worlds like starting a band ben you you talked earlier about um procedural stuff um how, how do you feel about sh- shows like shirabako do you would you feel like that class is see that's where i think that that the definition my definitions get a little bit thorny because i do think that procedural anime while often having a lot of overlap with slice of life anime one doesn't mean the other. This isn't smoke and fire sort of thing that you can have. Like, I think a lot of Shirabako is way, is way too, uh, like tense and conflict ridden. And, but the thing in conflict is, but no conflict is part of healing, not necessarily part of slice of life. Um, I personally think that slice of life is separate from entirely workplace anime. Um, personally, uh, I would not consider if, if someone, asked for a slice of life anime and seemed to understand what that meant. I would not give them Shirobako. Um, I would only give working because working is such a light comedy with so few, uh, with so few uh, actual elements of having a job. Um, I think that anime about people doing a job is separate. I don't, I, there's probably a term for that that I just haven't conjured up, but I think that's sep- a separate subgenre for me from slice of life where it is literally just about, kind of the the repetition and the not needing to focus on what's happening because it'll come around again that sort of thing yeah i mean i wouldn't put denki guy or skull-faced um bookseller honda-san as a slice of life although they definitely fall into those camps uh for those exact reasons i don't know if you've two have seen any of them denki guy was pretty big Mm -hmm. at the time yeah skull-faced bookseller is great um, the thing is just called Honda Sound now. But yeah, no. Uh, yeah. Also, then we've got like the real. Um, oh, fuck. Bake. The one that John loves. Uh, Barakamon. Barakamon is very healing and oh, I would so consider healing. it slice of life. Uh, 
in so I mean he has, he has he has a goal he wants to get back into like the industry but it's just about like the daily rhythms of uh of country life yeah yeah i'd agree you know, i i think episode to episode it's like non non biori except <laughs> should actually have except not not as not as good <laughs> yeah there's there's definitely like a, a, a um a subgenre of like countryside anime as mm. as well which i think once again gets confused with healing and and with slice of life things like um natsumi's book of friends and uh, Mushishi, um, which is apparently top of uh, Annie DB's slice of life. Yeah, list, I have so. such mixed feelings about that. What about, what about Silver Spoon? Silver Sorry, Spoon, Andy? I think, is yeah. well. Silver Spoon again is is overlapping. Yeah, yeah. I feel between like procedural work anime and and because it's both about the pleasure of watching farm work being done mm. and also kind of the timelessness of of rural living. Yeah, no, that makes that makes sense. Mm. I I would say that, I mean, slice of life. It sort of falls into the same thing as Kaon for me. So I would say that it is slice of life, unlike something like Food Wars, which is is so stupidly like battle well, sh- cooking. Shonen is the antithesis of slice of life. I feel like I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure that if any of y'all think of it, you can think of a of a, a slice of life thing published in a shonen trade. But I feel like. Shonen Battler is the opposite of Slice of Life. Shonen Battler is all about like going someplace and doing something and achieving something uh, in a way that feels really antithetical to like, oh, we're making takoyaki tonight. Come, what about, come fan what about, like, what about Bakaman then? Because Bakaman's a you could argue no, but no, Bakaman like... is so is so dramatic. Everything is a crisis. It's much more <laughs> like I think that I think that for me the smell test is is it. One of those soap operas where everything's always happening, or one of those soap operas where nothing ever seems to happen, um, is yeah. what I consider slice of life versus not slice of life. Uh, and I think that Bakuman is one of the most soap opera animes ever made. I'm sure. <laughs> again, there's something more. There's something more melodramatic than that. But like everything is just like if I don't get this manga published, then I won't be able to confess to my true love before we graduate <laughs> high school. Oh and God, like, I dude, forgot, I forgot that's the premise. You forgot that he pro- that he uh, will only confess this girl if he becomes a number one manga artist. I I just remember the ending being really <laughs> fucked up, like not fucked up, but it was like doesn't he like propose to her or marry her like in a Lamborghini that her uncle that his uncle really wanted and all this kind of shit. And I'm just like, stop being like your uncle's ex and actually be a person. And it, it kind of bothered it me. It sounds about bit. right. I I do know that they that that he proposes to her and then they just get like married like a week later. No, that's the that's the other couple. The other oh, couple yeah. who's not the main guy. They get married and they're living like a really like their insights into their like real tumultuous family life is uh, is quite enjoyable, I think. Like when you see it, they just sort of like start shouting at each other and then get really lovey dovey and it's kinda of cute. Uh, and that's like the most human part of that show. Yeah, like, their yeah. relationship side really... character side characters for the win again with like <laughs> bad anime romance. No, the only good part of the only good part of uh, Bakuman is Otter's Eleven. So and that, yeah. <laughs> Have you? I think the the other the, the other place where it might be as as close to is um, to Shonen is th- things like as Ben said, like. Um, March comes in like a line, or stuff like Chih- Chihara Furu, which 
has moments where it is very mm. slice of life, but does have that overwhelming drive forward towards a tournament or whatever. I mean, I think you're also forgetting about the, the massive Kochikame, which is definitely a slice of life comedy in Shonen Jump that was serialized for like 50 years. We don't I, watch, we don't read manga, Andy, only watch a, anime. It was an anime too, for about a season. It was an anime. Uh, but Kochikame was, I mean, you guys will, it'll be that thing where if you've ever played any jump game, you'll be like, oh, it's that thing that I don't know what it is. It's the policeman with the <laughs> massive, like, unibrow. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, and that, yeah, that ran for 40 years. And did 200 volumes, but that's definitely slice of life. It's like just him doing gag stuff in a police show, like in his police stuff, which will probably be cancelled now. Um, but you know, let's not get into that. <laughs> yeah, I uh, to go, jump real back to Shirobako, I was thinking because remember that Shirobako was supposed to be part of like a triptych of animes about like girls doing work. Uh, and the third installment was uh, Sakura Quest, <laughs> uh, which, which speaking of our OP and ED, that was the thing where the second OP, Andy, you hated it. And every time we brought up, you had to be like, I hate that. I hate that OP. It's yep, just a bunch yep. of it's just a bunch of shots of the anime that don't match the music. Yep. And it looks cheap and the music is shrill and annoying mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and probably turned you off that anime even before it started to get really bad. But um, the first one was supposed to be Hanasaku Roha, which was a girl who... Oh, uh, a yeah. girl gets kicked out to the country because mm. she's like too bitchy and materialistic and she like learns to like the simple pleasures of life from working in a bathhouse with her strict but kind-hearted grandmother um and that i think is probably the best nexus of procedural and slice of life and healing anime all at the same time uh, where she does have a goal she her goal is that like if she can make it a year or something i i forget uh so obviously not she, an important goal, but she if you make it like a year or something, she gets to go back to to Tokyo, yeah. and but you know from like the second episode that she's going to learn to love it here and not want to leave uh, for whatever reason. <laughs> uh, yes, I do wait for for for, for the countryside anime where they go there, they, they they hang around, they quite like it, but they go no, nah, <laughs> I want to go back to the city. I, yeah. Uh, I think the, the Barakamon idea... gets the closest where he's like, I'm going to go back because like, that's where my work is, but I'll be back here a bunch. Don't worry, don't worry, guys. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was just going to think of... Because, um... like, Totoro feels very much... Totoro and even, like, Spirited yeah. Away has that feeling of their girl moving from the city to the countryside. And I've got the feeling that in Spirited Away, she didn't really like the countryside at the end of it. <laughs> she was like, oh, they kind of captured me in a massive building. She did love a, w- a water spirit, though. Uh, must must like the countryside a bit. A little bit, yeah. Um, Kiki's delivery survey feels very yeah. slice of life to oh, me. Oh, yeah. Of, of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, if we're talking um, that particular stable of... Um, of films like that that feels like possibly the most like where it's, there really isn't any stakes there's she's just got she's literally just trying to find a home and i guess that's the same in totoro where they're they're just trying to right. settle down and and find and make their their home again and i guess that's that's obviously a repeating um thing because that's kind of um uh, wolf children's. I was, thing. I was wondering Obviously if it's going to be wolf it's... children or only yesterday. You were going to bring up, but you aren't actually. You <laughs> haven't. I mean, have you watched only yesterday? I forget. Okay. Yeah. 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 
Some people that makes a big impression on it, and some people are just like, oh yeah, it's just a just a chill a chill anime movie about going to the countryside, quitting your job and going to the countryside, the John dream. What about if you What about if you quit your job <laughs> and go to Mars like an Avia? <laughs> oh. uh, funny you mention that, Andy, because guess what is in TV tropes list of anime and manga slice of life? Yeah, I know. Because I was thinking like Avia and a Manchu, like a Manchu's so much more grounded, literally. Um, because it's about yeah. kids doing stuff, uh, scuba diving. But yeah, that that's that's a good show. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that 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 the, the sort of like two mirrors of each other are that and uh, uh, Grand Blue, mm. uh, which was like just the comedy version. It was just people but, goofing around in a surf shop, basically Grand for, Grand for twelve Blue is, episodes. I feel quite slice of life in a students. It's different years, like. Um, like yeah. Grand Blue, I I still love a lot, but it's so like bawdy and like like so yeah. many uh, <laughs> dick jokes and but nakedness. But mostly men, men just they just like the idea that they have like a sip of booze and then they just strip is oh, it's funny. It's a good show, but you. It, it feels like it's very very stu- first year ho- hall students okay. basically. It's it's uh, it's in between as the anime. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Did, is that something that even made it to America? Who knows? Find out next that, time. You heard of in between us? Uh, no. <sighs> uh-huh. Another another classic. You know. Shocking, shocking. I think like there's there's also like what I call the the, the bait and switch. Slice of life stuff, which is where you you have something which is really really strongly grounded to begin with, and then just throws out some giant emotional thunderbolt midway through. And the the one I'm particularly thinking of at the moment is a uh, place further than the universe, mm. which which was eleven episodes of uh, girls doing in everyday things as they. they Try and do something quite remarkable, but still fairly mundane in in just travelling on a boat to to the Antarctic, and then one episode of of a girl finding all the messages she sent to her dead mother on a laptop and breaking oh, down crying. <laughs> they should have ended the series. There. God yeah, damn. They, that felt like a really good ending. Like I didn't need to know the next episode of them all just leaving. And you're like, well, yeah, like, <laughs> of course they're gonna go back. Home. And then they and, and then they never went home. <laughs> yeah, that's it. They just, they just get frozen and died in the Antarctic too. And then just... their daughters, <laughs> yeah, rapidly. Ra- Rapidly transition to the terror season one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, but uh, I do think that like home homecomings are very important in slice of life. Even even though that one did not seem like it very use it very well, but I do think like the idea. I mentioned this in previous episodes way long time ago, but like the idea of Satoyama, the like borderland between between like r- untamed wilderness and like organized villages is very important so you always get those like rice patties on the side of roads as kind of a visual signifier and the whole like furusato mm. thing of like going home to your home hometown before everyone moved to tokyo and started killing these hometowns and then they could make soccer requests about that um but <laughs> uh but yeah this the um i do think that oftentimes the either the rural or like the Odyssean fantasy of coming, coming away after a long trip and coming back home and just being like, ah, home is nice. Time to 
crawl under the kotatsu and uh, eat some yeah. tonkatsu. So you could eat tonkatsu under the kotatsu. Yeah, precisely. <laughs> I, th- I thought you were only allowed to eat satsumas on on the on when you're in sitting under a kotatsu. <laughs> I thought, thought that was it. You have to eat satsumas, it's, otherwise it doesn't right. count. Right, it's true. And you have to um, have them in a in a in a I don't know what I'm saying a tower. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, put down a towel. This one's going to be fun. Yeah. Uh, so, do we have any other closing comments? I think that we can pretty easily agree that like this is something that we watch a lot of. Like, I have a list of it. It's just, and even though I don't like everything. Like even even some yeah. anime that aren't slice of life at all, like Haruhi, still have strong slice of life elements that are in part some of my best parts of the show for me. Like Endless Eight is literally kind of torturing <laughs> you with slice yeah, of life tools. So. Yeah, I, I was I was interested what how that you felt that one fit, fitted in if it was just like a deliberate abuse of of, of the formula to bludgeon the audience. With. I mean, I I think I think it. I mean, I don't want to to project intent onto the audience, onto the audience or onto the, uh, the, the creators. But for me, at least it was just like, Oh, you like, you like, you know, boring school day shit where nothing happens. Right. Well, how about if it, how about if it lasts two thirds of the season? Uh, and then everyone revolted. Uh, but yeah. yeah, no, I, 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 I always enjoy when we just have like a boring day with a character as like a filler. It's much better than a filler where, they go to the hot springs or the beach. It's just like they hang like it's it's golden week. They're they're on the floor, just like following the fan back and forth across the room. And <laughs> yeah, nothing happens. We get to see how these people live when they're not mm. on camera. And I think that's a bit of the appeal of Slice of Life is it feels yeah. more real because it does not feel like it's happening. So you can see it as an audience member. What, one for Andy. Yeah. Um, how, how do you feel about... Um... In this corner of the world, as slice of life, because obviously there's a war going on, but it is very much about I mean, how someone's life. Yeah, I mean, I think I think seeds day to day within that's what's that. Great about in the corner of the world is it is a slice of life in a in a period of time that no one really documents as a slice of life. And like you're right, yeah. emotional People... stuff happens. Mm. But I think that yeah, it's a really that's a really good shout. Um, that's... I, th- I think it's part, partly so strong because of what you you said then that that when people talk about war they talk about the the battles they talk about the heroism and it it has none of that it, it's just what the majority of people experienced war like as just day to day listening for the news worrying what's going on and then these moments of of tragedy and it's such an, an amazing film for it and... and when that tragedy hits like it's not like uh grave of the fireflies where it's just a fucking misery fest like there is some miserable stuff in it but it it still manages mm. to maintain that sort of feeling of like like i said like the way that people can just adapt to these situations and how quickly they adapt and then yeah the, like you know they forgiveness and of both of themselves and of others like yeah, yeah. um i yeah it's a really good shout that uh yeah really really loved that slice of life was which is weird because usually my slice of life are just comedy shows like daylight of high school boys or uh, 
um, what's the other one? Oh, uh, Umaru-chan. Like, all those sort of dumb comedy shows. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I guess Umaru-chan, it really is slice of life, because it's just her lazing around her room doing just, nothing. She doesn't want to do anything. And, and, like, her... <laughs> All, all she wants to do is nothing. She she has absolutely no desire to do anything, and and it's like her, the entire show is structured around her avoiding doing anything apart from sitting in her room eating crisps with a onesie. Not not quite a onesie, but a, 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 like, a like a weird hoodie yeah. on and yeah, her, her snuggie. Come on, eating yeah. eating. It- Eating, eating chips and and drinking pop. She's really like, a fucking brat. Just... Like she just she, she, <laughs> she, she has like she just doesn't. I mean, I I love the show, but like she's a fucking brat. Like through and through, she doesn't care about her brother. She just kind of cares about herself and doing nothing, and then complains when she has to do something. But then as soon as she's outside, she just like flips on this sort of like incredible version of herself. Um, which is always a joy to see her literally like morph into a real human uh as opposed to like a weird hamster and then morph back into a weird hamster <laughs> self yeah uh it's good good shows all around okay uh well with that let's go ahead and wrap up this conversation and yeah. then after the break we will talk about what we've been watching i think it'll be a short one although i have to take you to task andy We'll find out why afterward. about rent a girlfriend for me <laughs> great pretender for andy and little little taster of railgun which is now back after it's like multi-month hiatus yeah because of covid19 um but first as promised i watched all of rent a girlfriend up to its current episode which is because episodes... andy made it sound like a fascinating train wreck <laughs> and Instead, it's just kind of, like, shitty and mean-spirited and everyone's a bad person. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, that is, that is a shitty train wreck, though. Like, they did anything that I say, did anything not, any of that not happen in the show? I, I, be, I believe that specifically, point by point, you did not lie, but overall, <laughs> you, you built a deceptive picture of this. Probably just based on your boisterous laugh. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, so, I don't really have that much to add except for the two episodes we've watched since of Rent a Girlfriend. Uh, but so there's the main guy who has such poor Kazuya. self-esteem, Kazuya, who has such poor self-esteem that he's still trying to get back together with his openly sociopathic and abusive ex-girlfriend, who literally <laughs> started dating him. Because she thought it would be cool slash funny to break his spirit by dumping dumping him a uh, a month later. 
Um, and he somehow has not picked up on that she's a bad person whose favorite hobby is telling embarrassing stories about him and making him play along. Literally, it's what she I does mean, when I, they all hang out. Yeah, I, but then that was... I, I didn't pick up on the first half where she purposely dumped him. I thought that that was just relationships just went awry and she just wasn't feeling it. No, they show the, they show the flashback of them meeting and she's literally like, uh, he's, it's cool that he's saying that he, that I'm so beautiful. I'll date him for a bit and then dump him and that'll really break his heart. <laughs> so, so she, so she literally planned to date him for a month and dump him. And now that he's got a rent a girlfriend, she wants to get back together with him so that she can break his heart even more yeah. uh, because she's upset that she didn't totally ruin this admittedly trash human being as a person. Uh, with her with her breakup uh <laughs> so but recently like in the two episodes that we've had we've we've met uh yes. Ruka, uh Sarashina Ruka who's the third of the four girls that are in this show uh, that are endlessly advertised in the OP and ED yeah we've yet to meet Sumi uh which is apparently you've yet to meet name. the redhead who yeah. who blushes all the time yeah um and like I quite like her character as a I, I quite enjoy... What part? What part, Andy? You got <laughs> to spell it out. I'm not going to let you get away with laughing. So, at the beginning, it, she the, you're introduced with her. Um, I think they run into each other, and she's a like, high school. And, then, and she falls over and shows her panties and yeah. then hates him because she yeah. thinks he did that on purpose, I guess? I just think I don't because know. he just looked, and then it was just a traditional, like, ah, hentai... Tradi- pervert, traditional. Like, traditional sort of stuff the customary yeah the expected sort of reaction that you get when you look at a girl's panties i guess um and i mean i say i guess like that's happened (laughs) (laughs) um anime has communicated to all of us that apparently that's what happens yeah i I was gonna mention gto but that's that's not at least Anyway, um, there's a uh, yeah. So she. I mean, it would be it would be cool for you to talk about an anime that wasn't made in the past twenty years. <laughs> Don't you remember the beginning of the of GTO where he's just sort of sitting by an elevator trying to look up girl skirts. <laughs> Unfor- unfortunately, yes they they didn't they didn't need to soft pedal uh, Anisuka as a nice guy. He was just kind of a a scummy delinquent dude who yeah. just happened to have a big heart. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to Kazuya who is just a scummy dude who never actually acts like he has a big heart, but characters tell us all the time that he has a I big think, heart. I think there's some, I mean, to be fair, it's kind I of mean, hard. Okay. Diving, diving in after her off the ferry. Yes. Otherwise, not really. Saving. He cries a lot about how he wants his grandma to be happy. <laughs> I think saving, uh, Ruka as well from the, from the stairs. Yes, and then also the way that, like, I liked, I liked the way. That, I repressed that because she, the way she fell down the stairs, so was like dumb. she was trying to make herself fall down the stairs by backing up like <laughs> ten feet and then turning and then going uh oh and then turning back and falling down the stairs. Yeah, and they didn't even have the guts to show us because because it looked like that that fall would kill somebody. <laughs> um, but Kazuya but, crossed the ten feet between them. Mm-hmm entirely wrapped her up in his body and took every bit of damage himself. Yeah. Uh, He's a good guy. He's a good guy. But the other thing I liked... (laughs) The other thing I liked about that... The thing I did genuinely like is the interaction before that where he was like, look, like, I've got a rental girlfriend, but you're... At that point, she thought that 
he thought that Ruka was his best friend's like actual girlfriend, real girlfriend, real girlfriend, because she's actually the the buck toothed friend's rental girlfriend. Yeah, and it's so obvious when she's introduced, but it, it, they don't figure it out because it's an anime. It is so obvious, but that also like part of my heart was like. If if she is a rental girlfriend, that's really sad because that is literally just like like really burrowing in the idea that ugly, like good hearted people just can't get like yeah. trapped. Like it was just sad. what what hap- what happened is he saw his friend Kazuya had a really hot girlfriend <laughs> and he was so bummed out that he went on a website and and hired a girlfriend so they could take her on a double date with his with his friend with the hot girlfriend yeah. to like rebuild his social capital i don't know it's very sad that, a lot of the i mean everybody in this anime is kind of pathetic agreed uh, everyone, like, <laughs> everyone is but then also but i like the way that he was insistent it was like look i know my love is this relationship isn't real but like it would mean a lot if you don't tell anyone and then when sort of she broke up with him in a really odd like very frontal way of being like yeah you're not you're just a rental i'm just a rental girlfriend you just rented me like, then he didn't... <laughs> it was a time when he didn't, again, think with his dick, where he was like, well, now I've got a chance to go out with this other girl who supposedly is interested in me. I actually should care about my friend more than her, which was a good bit. I thought that was good. Until it got reversed at the very end, and I was like, well, okay, fine, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How how do you feel about her reasons for wanting to date? For Ruka, the high school girl's reasons for wanting what, to date For wanting to Kazuya. feel a pulse. Uh, yeah, was... she has a she has a medically low heart rate, and the only thing that makes her heart race is falling in love. And she's discovered that Kazuya makes her heart go up to ninety beats per minute. Well, and so she wants to no, date no, him. No, no, she she thought that being in love would increase her heart rate. She she didn't she didn't because that was the whole point of the. So this is all told over the ending, which I actually thought was quite kind of done quite yeah, well. Yeah, I was like, surprised. I was like, oh, hey, new credits that tell the ending. And then we cut back for like five more minutes of show after that. It's kind of weird. Yeah, but I like that they showed, I like that they showed it that way. And I think that this is like, to to its credit, like some of the animation and the character designs are really nice. I quite like the way that they're... No, it's a very, it's a very well-produced show. And like, if I, as I know more and more about, know more and more about like the show itself, the the OP stops being as charming for me. Yeah. But, but I actually, I pretty, I enjoy the OP. I think it's, it's very well directed mm. and I, I need to quietly look up what this guy's done before. Uh, yeah. Uh, while we talk. <laughs> but the other thing I really like is just the, like, Casio especially has loads, like really expressive faces more than should really be necessary. Like it seems like every sort of cutaway, he's doing a new face of, Admittedly, either awkwardness or like embarrassment or like, well, how am I going to get out of this shit situation? But at least it's always different and it feels like, I don't know. I noticed that in the latest episode, how reactive his and responsive he is in pra- practically every scene, um, which I thought was quite good. Uh, yeah, I mean, I it's it. the more expressive and the more, more expressive he gets and the more times that we get to see him do like, tearful explanations of his good intentions the the more he seems like a perfectly nice guy and it makes no sense that no one wants to date him um although although like we're already at the point where uh where what's her face chizuru his rent-a-girlfriend yeah. like obviously has feelings for him yeah. and it's just anime rules that she can't ever admit that 
Uh, <laughs> I agree. Yeah, it's weird anime rules. Like, but then maybe that's something else to do with her idea on love or, or whatever bullshit. Like, yeah, that was that's weird anime rules. <laughs> also, the fact that I guess she's getting a good deal. She's basically got a guaranteed source of income yes. <laughs> for, for like at least a hundred dollars, uh, like an at a date that she's that he's forced to do. So. Again, that's just her being kind of manipulative and keeping a good job. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a it's an interesting show to watch from a very detached point of view. But just like this show trades so much on like mistaken impression, mistaken impressions and appearances, mm. uh, to the point that's kind of just like laughable that no one is how they seem. Um, and the way that they make a relatable dude character is just a guy who just explains everything that's going on inside inside his head. Like every other episode, he has one of these things where he's like, "I know I'm, I know I'm not that cool, but I, I just want you to be happy." And <laughs> they can't tell you that through the through the 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 storytelling itself. He has to like have a breakdown in public and scream it at someone. <laughs> regularly which which, uh, which was a really good bit because that last bit where he was like causing ruka to cry and then the two girls behind him was like oh gross he's just making him cry breaking up with him yeah I thought that was fucking, <laughs> like that was so that was good yeah. that was funny yeah i wish it would lean more into how into how like they suck <laughs> and, and everyone and everyone judges them um i think that like that's the funny thing about appearances for me is the kind a bit more importance of being earnest sort of thing going on there but they really want you to think that that kazi is a good person and that he ultimately belongs with chizuru and i think like the fact that the main antagonist is just literally lisa from the room just a pure sociopathic (laughs) woman who just wants to hurt someone to see what to see what happens like that shows you how much faith they have in you, the audience, to figure out who are the good guys and who's the bad guy in this anime. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I mean, Mammy is a is a piece of work, which, yeah, is insane. But then, apart from her, I think that the... I don't know, I just like that... I liked Ruka's arc. I liked the way that she was introduced was kind of tragic for the other guy as well, who clearly also spent, like, $100 at least... On a rental <laughs> girlfriend. Um, I mean, he had a lot of fun at that. If, if he had a lot of fun at that date, it seemed like he really likes free free rock climbing. Free rock climbing, just like Kazuya yeah. really loves free climbing. Uh, yeah, whatever. Like Kazuya really the loves the aquarium. The aquarium, and then you go into his room, and he's got fucking fish everywhere. And I'm like, yeah. Oh yeah, no, that is his one character trait that isn't just a potato. <laughs> he likes fish, doesn't he? <laughs> it reminds me of uh, a Gretzko, the uh, the absent-minded prince who just like goes home and yeah. his apartment's just full of plants. <laughs> <laughs> just like. Oh, that's that. That's his. That's his hobby, I guess. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it is trash tier level anime, but it's it's exactly what I was expecting, and I'm enjoying it for that. Like, fair enough. I can't wait for for pink haired girl to join. Yeah, and she's shy, but since Kazuya is so experienced with dating dating rent a girlfriends, <laughs> he'll be the ideal rent a girlfriend client for her to date well, and i guess he'll i guess he'll pay for that too i don't know <laughs> well there's the other guy who was really upset that they were back together oh yeah uh, <laughs> he's like oh man both of my <laughs> friends have girlfriends now I guess... 
better go to this rent a girlfriend site. Yeah, and then also. Meanwhile, the site's like, oh, our, our numbers are spiking so is the, so is rapidly. The, is there from genuinely one to three. any way this can redeem itself? No. Okay. No, I mean, that's probably no. why Andy loves it. I I find that there are some moments which like. Kazuya redeems himself occasionally, but then instantly in matters of minutes... Redeems himself occasionally, you need to listen to yourself when you say those words, Andy. but then in matters of minutes seems to unredeem himself in the most insane ways possible. And I don't know, I I also, I don't know whether you noticed, but I think Sumi is Ruka's friend. I don't know if you noticed, but like that ending, I think once she's in the class with Ruka. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 pret- I pretend that the hand dancing versions of the characters from the OP are their real characters. And yeah. this is like weird, weird defamatory <laughs> fan fiction of them. <laughs> but I, I, and the other thing is I like, like Chizuru, I mean, she obviously likes him. And there's obviously like that tension that's going to be practically the whole emotional drama throughout. But I do like her bluntness and sort of like her being like, well, you're not a bad person, but also like, know your boundaries and i quite <laughs> like that i quite like it when she like smacks him with some real with like the hard-hitting truths which happens like every episode it feels like right yeah. because she's the only person with normal boundaries yeah as opposed to his friend who's like look don't break up with my friends so here's some fairy tickets <laughs> go go wild that was insane and then also the grandma who's just like oh you we're best friends now You're, uh, yes yeah. now here's a room together you two <laughs> have you had sex yet come on then Fuck it yeah up. i like the grand the grandparent like i just like when when i was talking with jeff about this and we're comparing whether uh uzaki chan or rent a girlfriend is like the turd of the season because there have been articles published to both to to both Effects. To both effects. Yeah. Like, Uzaki-chan, as awful as it is, as awful as there was an episode where they do, like, a bat and a melon and a melon-smashing thing on a beach, and then uh, the guy falls over and mistakes Uzaki's boob for a melon, which no one... which Which the Anime News Network points out no one will ever do because, because human flesh does not feel like melon rind. <laughs> Neither in texture nor in firmness. No. And I think I think even someone who's never touched a boob would think that because they can touch their own skin. <laughs> which boobs are made out of. But that even with funny. all that, like, the premise of Uzaki-chan wants to hang out is literally just that she's a slightly annoying person who wants to make a friend with someone she feels she has a lot in common with. And, like, there's a sort of sad yearning there. And it, it's... I just can't help but contrast it with the extremely toxic yearning that's in Rent a Girlfriend, where all these people just aren't honest with themselves about about why they want things, and there's just like the layers of lies that we're at right now. All like <laughs> the fact that the sixth episode was entirely just uh, Chizuru and Kazuya being like, "Fuck, she knows." Okay, well, what's what is the net of lies that we can weave that will prevent anyone who knows any part of this complete picture from talking to each other and forming a more complete picture of the consistency with which we've been lying to them for multiple months at this point, uh, which will kill our grandmothers if they find out about it from just shock and despair. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like it's just, just like a a show that's just fundamentally, even though they're both bad, Uzaki-chan probably moment to moment worse just in terms of puerile puns and gross body humor. Uh, but like, 
a show about someone who wants to make a friend versus a show who's about someone who is lying his fucking ass off to, <laughs> to avoid having to admit that he doesn't have a girlfriend. It's just, it's, that is the deciding factor for me ultimately. I mean, yeah, but I also think that Uzaki Chan kind of looks like trash whilst this show has a really nice aesthetic. <laughs> to it. Yeah, no, I mean, the production's great. Like TMS does a great job. Hidane is doing the music for it, which explains why the music is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did. Uh, he did a bunch of stuff with for uh, for Nichi Joe. Uh, that was his like big. That was his yeah, big breakout. Big he, break. Hide no kaka kakata katamori si. Uh, he yeah he he uh, he has different his, vocaloid yeah. vocaloid voices of him that he mm-hmm. does as like characters and this stuff. But yeah, he's very known as a remix artist. But he's very funny. Um, yeah. If you ever watch any of his music videos, but like he's also. If you want kind of a wacky show, he's very good at doing the wacky music, and it's very telling that they got him for Rent a Girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I didn't, I didn't put that together, but yeah, that is that's a that's a fair shout. Like, uh, and then also, yeah, but and then on top of that, like, just the, the art direction's really nice. Like, it's all this yeah. weird sort of like soft, like pastels and sort of like very yeah. much felt like a romanticized like rose-tinted goggles view of like university life um yeah and it's it's the director uh whose name is uh kazumori koga uh is just like a life he's just like a an episode director on just like random shit so much random shit since like love he he did paint paints on love he i think is his first is his first job but yeah did a uh show by rock episode did a wotakoi episode did a Steinsgate Zero episode? Did a Ray Zero episode? Yeah, yeah, he's done everything. Did a <laughs> did a just did six Just Because episodes? Did a Junji Ito collection episode? Did a Golden Kamui episode? Did a Goblin Slayer episode? Yeah, just like everything. Um, so he definitely has a probably a pretty good view of the industry and probably knows all the good staff who's not being appreciated. Did a Baki episode? Did a Birdie <laughs> the Mighty Decode episode? Yeah, good. I mean, so yeah. Yeah, I, I would did, also... a, did a did an argue demon dolls episode episode eight the really weird one. <laughs> I don't think I watched that. Uh... No one did. Only I watched the weird <laughs> like you. doll puppet ones. Uh... Argue Tensai Ningyo. Did a gamers episode. Did a fire force episode. <laughs> Disappearance of Nagano Yu- Yuki Chan episode. He's did done... Gurazani? There you go, John Gurazani. <laughs> John's thanking you. Has, uh, in... uh, how not to summon a demon lord? Two episodes. <laughs> good show just no, just done not. a lot of work done yeah, a lot of work probably done. probably staying fed and and i think that it, it that part definitely shows i think that is i really enjoy because it, it feels very much like you're stepping back into a previous life of weird romance like mm-hmm. relationships and i i enjoy that i also thought that the like going back real quick to the last ending like you see ruka like going out with going on dates with a bunch of people including like what clearly like a thirty-year-old salary man, which just yeah. which just was oh, it just highlights the weird scumbagginess of yeah of they, essentially they don't tell service. you yeah they're not yeah. they don't they don't, they don't tell you most of the customers are like forty or fifty-year-old men yeah it's all it's all like adorably awkward high school and college boys apparently <laughs> who have a hundred dollars to blow on a, <laughs> on a trip to the aquarium every time like every, like Jesus. I, like you see the bill at the end of the OP, yeah, yeah. and it's like 
ten thousand yen, which is literally a hundred dollars. Yeah, just like... you think that the, you think that if they both have to keep it up, that they would arrange a discount. But they like they really like all the rules about like, oh no, I've got to charge you exactly this much because I have my agency has rules and. <laughs> Yeah. They would never. They would never let me violate those rules, especially by <laughs> sleeping with a customer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, but I mean, this is this is all part of Japanese sort of like society that I guess really I'm trying to find of a a good analogy, but it's not there. It's just a trash show for trash people. But I absolutely adore it. Um, so yeah, <laughs> absolutely uh, adore it. Absolutely on the record. On the record, I'm enjoying this. I am. I'm enjoying this show a lot. Every time I cringe and I'm like, "You're a fucking idiot," but I'm enjoying it. Like, what can I say? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, isn't there? Are there shows you're enjoying more? Do you want to talk about Great Pretender? Yeah, or do you hate yeah. That I was going to say another thing with Great Visual Style is the Great Pretender, which um, I mean, if you want to talk about like stellar cast this show fucking has it all like it's i mean the big thing is it's got um the direct the character designer is uh I mean, this is your jam really but it's uh sadamoto happy Yoshi- to take a break sadamoto yoshiyuki who uh, you all know from dot hack and i don't think he's done anything else <laughs> fuck you andy dot hack the- uh people listen to our podcast to like learn about anime <laughs> so when you when you try to troll me by lying or giving incomplete information you're actually hurting them no 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 he has he's done dot hack original character design for dot hack and- he's the character designer for for evangelion and he did the evangelion <laughs> manga which took like twice as long as evangelion to evangelion. finish evangelion no i can't see it on here Oh, uh, you might have known this new, new gospel evangelizing might be what you <laughs> know it as. That's right. That's right. That's what it is on MAL. Uh, yeah. And, like he's the big draw um, <clears throat> as well as Freddie Mercury uh, having finally, finally his place on my anime list. Uh, and I, I don't know who. <laughs> Which again is separate from <laughs> Freddie in from RT. Uh, but, but so basically it's a, a new show by Wit Studio, which also feels similar to like, um, to trigger in that it feels like a lot of ex Gynax people have just sort of mm. moved along. But there, but yeah, so it, it's uh, the show about a guy called Makoto Edamura who kind of is a scam artist in Japan and then gets scammed to be a scam artist in Los Angeles. Uh, and it starts off with him falling off, like being hung upside down, I think naked or at least topless uh, from the Hollywood sign saying help me in very bad english um which is did you enjoy great. how they how they had had them speaking in bad english for a while and then just then yeah, just yeah. flashed up from now um, on it will all be shown in japanese yeah. and it was like Ooh, thank God. we can't make our voice actors speak horribly broken english <laughs> they, anymore they it's do cruel. it they do it for a long time like it's it's about 10 minutes of like dialogue in english and with various levels of success, like they do speak a lot. Like, so, so a scam artist basically goes to America or is, is dragged to America um, because he gets scammed out of a wallet um, by another guy who's a better scam artist than him. And then it's this heist, like the first four episodes is a heist movie about um, this guy with uh, the, with Laurent um, and Abby, uh, basically trying to scam a famous producer who's also part of a mob boss by selling them um, of course yeah um 
Who, I mean, for me, it felt very much like, is it Harvey Weinstein, the guy who, it is him, right? Weinstein. Yeah. Yeah, the recent shithead, part of Miramax, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it felt felt very, like, Weinstein um, influenced, like, his character. Um, and as there's, you sort of, like... A, there's a wide history of, of film moguls with shady ties to, to organised crime for mm. them to draw on, uh, both as a cliche in films and as just a reality of a, a Hollywood, especially in the, the sort of 30s and 40s and even now to an extent. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, but I guess, I guess Weinstein is the latest one that um, I could. That well, I... He actually got like charged and uh, imprisoned, which is rarely how these things end. <laughs> true, true. Um, but when he when he enters his stupid mansion after getting out of prison, well, this is the thing he got into. He was in prison for like a week before they meet him in the first time, and then he got out, and he's already got a pool full of like. Hollywood babes like just sort of lounging about in swimwear because I guess that's what they you do in Hollywood and it feels very much sort of like it's set in LA set in Hollywood at least the first few episodes are and it feels very much like they've gone like yeah this is I guess Hollywood like the Hollywood sign big mansions lots of like swimsuits I I guess I guess there's a sign of the LAX yes this is about it but it actually generates a really great sort of um, rhythm and the heist is sort of really well pulled off and executed in a way that keeps you always guessing. And I think that, for me at least, is what I enjoy the most about these sort of shows where it is like a, a big heist where plot twists and character, uh, sort of like character intentions change from sometimes even like scene to scene, let alone like episodes. Um, that it just can, kind of keeps you on your feet and kind of keeps you guessing all the time. Uh, and I really, I really enjoy that. Um, like, there's a great bit in the first episode where uh, Makoto realizes that he has been duped into getting to even Japan, to even London, uh, America, by looking at his watch and then realizing that the woman that he duped out of buying like some stupid air filtration unit as a weird throwaway gag at the beginning, like, has the same watch, and then his partner in crime in Japan also has the same watch. And then he looks at his watch and then his like, and then Lawrence watch. And he's like, oh, these are all the same. And then runs out going like crazy. But that was sort of like his moment where he realizes that everything's connected. And uh, it's, the, it was good. Those first few episodes feel like they're very much um, drawing on the, the whole Ocean's Eleven sort mm. of gang of super cooks, cooks idea and especially the 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 glitz and the the idea of the heist as as you were saying Andy like the thing which has become so cliche seeing that done straight for once like just as okay we're, we're just going to do this clever thing and and we're going to just treat it like seriously like there is jeopardy to the characters and it is saying something about them rather than it just being oh we're just having a lark because we're career criminals and <laughs> we're getting the gang together Whereas yeah. this is okay, he's completely out of his depth, but he's gonna his his sort of whole attitude seems to be just to when he he finds himself in these sorts of situations, he just seems to just push himself further. It, the one of the early reveals is that he became a fraudster because he was um, convicted of fraud unjustly, and he yeah. basically decided, well, I'm 
I can't get any jobs currently because I'm blacklisted from them and they're, they're just so every place I go to is just throwing my resume back at me and saying you're a fraud, fraudster you've got to admit to your crime and him him just saying I'm, I'm actually innocent I, I'm innocent and, and mm. no one believing him and him just eventually reaching the point where he goes you know what if everyone thinks I'm guilty I may as well be guilty and and, yeah. start, and becoming and the whole thing of his family situation that his dad's seems to have been involved in crime in some some way as well and that his his mum died and didn't want him to sort of follow in his father's footsteps but also like it's it's interesting like early on we're sort of establishing him as more rounded than your typical um crook with a heart it's he's He's certainly chosen his his life, but there are junctures where in his life where you wonder if he'd persisted, if he if if he hadn't let these setbacks get get him. He he's almost like there's a self righteousness to him. Like if this is like both in who he picks his targets, uh, it's like oh you deserve to be conned or. And is 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 something which crops up again, both with him and the way they sell the heist to him. Oh, these are crooks; they deserve to be conned. And I think Japan definitely has some of that. With, with we've talked about that with, with Lupin, like how Lupin is this completely immoral crook, but he always picks targets equally deserving of being stole from. And I think Great Pretender so far seems to have some of that. And it is, as as you said, a, a very sumptuous looking show. Like for me, like um, the the art direction's done by uh, Yusuke Takeda, who was the art director on my one of my favorite series, um, The Eccentric Family, and it's got the same kind of backgrounds as that, the the same sort of almost um, posterized East style, semi photo realistic but also with a much much more colorful palette than he typically uses in his work he there's like purples and blues and 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 contrasting colors worked in there it's it's really beautiful really yeah like and i wonder whether that so um it feels like every four episodes is a different arc so the first one is in la and then the next ones i think is in monte cristo Mm -hmm. um i haven't we sort of stopped at the end of the la arc but yeah, like it, it's a fantastic, like fantastic visual flair that really melds in really well with the the artist, the like the character art as well to create a really sumptuous sort of like delicious watching experience where they just it just looks beautiful all throughout, um, and they really don't miss a beat on any of that. Probably because it's got Netflix money, it's got mm-hmm. an incredibly like. Um, which is interesting because also it's a completely original anime as well. Like it's a, it's not got a manga supporting it. It's actually yeah. I was, su- I was surprised to see that too. Yeah, but it's... it it actually works really well. Like because it means they're not restrained by the manga, and it actually has this really great episode structure of of stuff sort of like being revealed and then being resolved and like mini threads sort of like growing out and then some being tied up and then some other ones still overlapping and it actually. As far as like the episode structure goes in the first few episodes, I think it's really clever and really engaging and mm-hmm. really good at tying all the loose ends up by the end of the four episodes. 
And even though the last, like the last big reveal, is ridiculous. Like it. I mean, I mean. Do you want me to? I hate to spoil this. Say that, but do you want me to? Right. So the big reveal at the end is literally everyone's in it. So there's like this new character who Duncan hasn't got to called Cynthia. And she's meant to be like the FBI, like hard nut FBI who's after him. But then it turns out that <clears throat> she, he's making the drug. He's trying to make the drug like for him because of various reasons. And then the FBI come and then there's like a tense shootout where two of the main characters die. But they don't die because it's all a big plot. It's all a big like scam so that he can get $100 million out of um, this like Eddie Cassano, who's the guy that they're trying to scam instead of $10 million. Uh, And it's sort of, it's ridiculous because the whole theatrics is that they had to pretend that someone is literally the FBI and then also get hundreds of people to act and pretend that they're FBI agents and like storm a building and stuff. But it kind of, but by that point, I I was buying it and I I worked out that just before. I I think it's good because I figured that bit out just before the reveal came, but it still felt ridiculous. But it's still, but I was still buying it. Does that make sense? I mean, no, it it does. I, <laughs> I, I think it's sorry. I, I, I don't watch the show, but I do. I do think that, generally speaking, being able to pace your own shit the way you want to pace it is the best way to do it. So, but also to buy the more ridiculous parts of the plot, um, I think is is quite a strong thing for the show. Uh, but I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'd have I'd have to see it to find out. But I'm always interested when something is an anime only work these days because it's it's the middle of a global recession, and <laughs> you imagine that producers would want to make sure that something has an audience fully established mm. through manga or light novel. Yeah. Um, and to make what sounds like what sounds like a pretty throwbacky, like a pretty throwback. Uh, Heist anime. Uh, heist thing, yeah. Does does seem like a, a risk, but it seems like it's mostly paying off, at least for you two. I mean, it feels like it's a very American thing as well. Like it, It's clearly mm-hmm. aimed at an overseas audience, is my opinion. Um, because it, it's so action-y and it's so, like, uh, it's so high stakes that it is enjoyable even. But I don't know how much traction it has in Japan. I think it will have, I think it has loads. I hope it does because it's 23 episodes. Um, yeah, it's also surprising to yeah. have mm. two, two cores ordered. Of, but we've, we've seen that a couple yeah, of times. It, seems, it does seem interesting. Yeah. I, I think, like, I kind of, like, like it not being moored to a, a, a property it has to, to base itself on, I think gives it that ability to have these multiple arcs within it. And to have a grander arc around that, like often the pacing of um, manga weighs down upon um, uh, shows and just drags them on longer or quicker than they mm. actually need to. But so far, the pacing in Great Pretender has been great. Uh, strangely enough, I just before we move off it, I just wanted to to talk about the the character designs a little bit because I think like it's it's quite a uh, what saying western is is maybe wrong but it's not typically anime designs I think in in at least what a lot of its audio it's what the wide audience you feel it is pitching for would consider it it's gone for a lot more 
stylized and sort of almost Western comic book at times with like some characters like the mob boss and uh, uh, Laurent uh, are both like very feel very comic book to me uh, as does Abby and it's I'll I've enjoyed it so far and I'm interested to see what it does with that that all these episodes it has because you've got so much space and you've already covered like what is the most um concentrated the hollywood heist which is like the the very very um essence of of what heist films are all like boil down to and so it's done that so now it can do anything hopefully it will do lots of things yeah i don't don't expect which is interesting because mm-hmm. we did watch the full episodes and, and we haven't gone back to it yet. I mean, I think we will, but it's it's it felt so tied up. It felt almost like it was a single movie and this is actually something that they had ideas for as maybe like a string of movies instead of like an anime TV series. But I think it, it works better uh, as an anime TV series maybe because it's more divided up. Um, but yeah, like it, it's... Uh, it will be. I will have to get. I mean, obviously, I'm in it for the long run. I'm I'm enjoying the characters, but it, it's definitely like a thing where, like Lupin, like it, it sets the characters up, and because they're such sort of like, yeah, I mean, because you've got like the gentleman thief, the side character, and the femme fatale, like those three sort of like exactly the same setup as Lupin. Like <laughs> they can mm-hmm. just be anywhere. So it's just going to be a matter of like those XPs just imposing themselves in a different place different location in a different heist and at the end of the day it could be any it, it could be another season of lupin or another season or, or or you know like even like an ocean's 11 like anime or something yeah I hope like the cast doesn't get I, I like it having a smaller cast i hope it doesn't expand it too much it expands it by one character you haven't met yet yeah um but the uh yeah That's fine. I, just just not like a dozen <laughs> Yeah, yeah. trying to yeah, just a bunch of characters with one personality trait who can just be show the the richness and make the setting feel more full. Like it, it would be nicer yeah. to keep like, it small. Lawrence is probably the one who I, I've enjoyed the most so far because even though he hasn't got much to do, he does. He's so slimy about it. He's he's just like he's got like this. The voice actor does this great performance where he's just like <laughs> like. And just sort of sliding into your, your conversation, They're like it's it's like French, it's like you know, there's the like the classic French accent, which sounds yeah. sophisticated and soft and all that, mm. but but yes, he's 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 doing it in Japanese, and it's it's got this, that he's, same feel to it though. It's, he's got such a commanding and sort of like uh, authoritarian voice where he's like everything's fine, everything's good. Likewise, uh, you mentioned the Japanese. Uh, Makoto Edamura has an has quite a funny way of speaking. Um, he actually doesn't speak good Japanese uh, when he's in America, which is a way of them sort of showing that he's not a native English person. Oh, that's interesting. Everyone, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, I, I couldn't quite pick up whether it changes when he's in Japan, but definitely there's like the way that he speaks in American is uh, America is, is purposefully bad uh, Japanese. And he has oh, a cool. very strange. Uh, that's, yeah. that's an interesting thing to know. It's a great little technique um, and so, something like that, which is lost uh, on. Uh, lost in translation. Tra- <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I I really enjoy this show. I think it's really great, and I look forward to whatever they're going to do now. And I think it's just going to be a case of as long as the heists are enjoyable, the show is going to be enjoyable. And I don't really care because they also all just don't really like each other. That's the <laughs> other fun thing. They kind of all hate each other. Like they're just there for one thing, and that's like purely money. And there might be character-driven stuff behind that, but as long as the heists are good, I think that's what anyone what yeah. will be the takeaway of that show. And it's interesting and new for this sort of genre, like for anime. Like it's not, it's not, it's been done before, obviously, but it's something that is. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm obviously going to come to the bit which you have already had, which is the moment where they reveal how the heist was done fully, and yeah. you've probably, you've you've obviously just talked about that with Ben, and I, I've still got that to come in, and a lot will depend if they can reliably hit that after each one, and like part of the the genius of of Lupin was that that they they kind of just decided that doesn't matter anymore that that he just has a contrivance or a gadget each time and so it'll be interesting to see something where they've gone back to a, a more procedural nature to it i will i mean i will have to speak about it next episode because uh mm-hmm. i i well what i was saying to ben was basically that i enjoyed it but it was ludicrous when i stopped <laughs> to think about it um so yeah so that that is uh that was good Good show. Anyway, should we talk about uh, something which uh, has had a habit of uh, cramming too much manga into too little series? Um, but, but yes, <laughs> still. But, but yeah, like butter scraped over too much bread. Yeah, uh, <laughs> or too much oh, butter dear. spread over not enough bread. Yeah, it's just like a big pad of butter on on a cracker. Don't you hate that but, when uh, you go to a restaurant and they've got just giving you cold fucking out yeah ice cold butter that you have to like warm in your hands like a peasant yeah or just (laughs) like you you scrape it on the bread and then all the bread bits come up and you're like the fuck am i doing with my life hashtag british problem (laughs) um don't get me started scones (laughs) (laughs) so yes um railgun was gone for like all of june and july yeah, uh, and it's come back now. Ooh. I know Andy was happy because <laughs> uh, you weren't talking about and, it. <laughs> well, well, it 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 came back um, with this very weird set of episodes where the it's mostly just crap happening, except that uh, there's this thing called Indian poker, which I keep cringing every time I hear uh, that is apparently a way that you can get these special like cards that influence your dreams. Um, and there's a conspiracy going on there that hasn't been terribly elucidated. But in the meantime, we had Duncan's favorite episode God. where... God, where Railgun T puts the T in T. Uh, it was just so bad. So bad, bad. TNT, Dynamite. Yes, uh, Misaka and uh, I can't even know. The girl who says Cho a lot. <laughs> Like Cho Kawaii. You've watched so many hours of Cho. the show. How do you not know their name? Because they, they have all these Good. differences. <laughs> they have all these. Yeah, she's just. You know the the problem we just described, she... where where they have too big a cast, Andy, where they have all these yeah. massive teams of people, and it's impossible to keep track of any of them. That's yeah, they're one of the side them. teams. The one with the normal guy who's like their uh, Toma, except he's not like a Mary Sue like Toma. Yeah. Um. Oh, Sayai, Sayai, Sayai Kinuhata. Um, they hear a myth of a card 
of an Indian poker card that uh, contains uh, the dream of a scientist working on a technology called Bust Upper. And so they buy all the cards <laughs> because of a, com- a comedic misunderstanding. They buy all the cards and sequentially go through using every single one as a dream to try to find the one that can uh, give them a bigger bust. Uh, but jokes on them, a crow stole it. Yeah. <laughs> and someone else gets a hold of it. And, and the, the end. And the, the bigger joke is it works. Yeah, it works. Oh, God. Anyway, oh, so, but before no, 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 I'm gonna that that was a bad episode. But before that was a kid who uh, could have dreams of of accents happening, and discovered that because Kuroko can trans can uh, cross four dimensional space with her teleports, she's able to like interfere with these predictions of horrible accidents where other people couldn't. That was a good two two episode thing. Duncan's mm. rolling his eyes. No, weirdly. I enjoyed that. It was uh, it was it was, it it was, was nice. It was, it was a nice Kuroko makes a, a friend episode. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of people making friends because Kuroko makes a friend of that kid, and then and then he's like he gets very sick trying to help her because he's trying to force himself to do all these these premonitory dreams, and it makes him sick. And she's like, just wait and work on your power, and then you can spend the rest of your life saving people rather than burning out young, which is very. It must have really yeah. sucked as an an as an animator to be working on that of being like, don't burn yourself out, uh, just slowly foster your career. And then after the bust upper episode, uh, uh, Satan makes a friend yeah. with uh, a tiny girl in a beret who loves canned mackerel, uh, and then they get pursued by a <laughs> pursued by an assassin who wants to become her school's top idol uh, in in her free time. And these were much more railgunny. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed them. I think th- uh, it was it was nice to have her like when railgun rarely thinks of something that I haven't thought of, but I thought at least for that episode, that episode when they figured out how to find someone who can literally just shoot an invisible silent bullet by like extending her hand, how they could pick her out in the crowd. Um, it was really I thought that was an interesting reveal. Yeah, I don't care about the, why they need the Indian poker cards. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's like some some scientist has a secret piece of bullshit on one of the cards and some, some acronym group like school, <laughs> literally their acronym S C H O O L uh, wants it for some bullshit reasons. It's got the guy with like the wire headband. Yeah. He is a, sometimes an antagonist. I really don't know what his deal is. I, th- I think the thing about railgun episodes is that good ones generally to go back to our, our part one topic, have a grounding in in this in the everyday life of high school girls, like that. It's just rumor. Like that's what that's why Saturn's so good because she just loves rumors. She loves yeah. Gossip. She loves rumors. She loves gossip. She loves just pranking her friends and like she being really in, into conspiracy theories in a way that's not depressing in the twenty twenty <laughs> way. <laughs> yeah, of being into conspiracy like, theories. The, God, I don't want the Saturn gets into QAnon episode. No, no, that, that's not yeah. not what. I think we've actually already made this joke too, but no, Saturn's too smart. Saturn's a, yeah, Saturn's a tough cookie. But it, it's it's nice to have that, that that you have that underlying current of everyday life, and then you have them sort of branching out from it. And sometimes the conflicts originate within that, like um, just like the antipathy between um uh, misaka and the 
some of the other level fives that just seems to come from them just hanging out in school and not getting on and and yeah. it's then the things like with Coco being so um sort of responsible in her sort of school monitor job with um oh bloody hell what they called um Judgment. 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 Good name. You can't you can't hear uh Satomi arriving like judgment to the desk. It's it's like this. <laughs> and then she flashes her flashes her armband. They always yeah. have that. It's good shit. It, it, good it is. Shit. It, it's it's like this it's it's like imposing the it's it's like this interesting idea of like kids imposing the rules of school on society because they're this new generation. It's Academy City. Yeah. Because <laughs> they they've literally it, a that's what the the city is. It, it's they've they've they haven't lampshaded it. They've just said this is a school city, and also this is like seems to be at least as I don't know if you, you know if there's law which says otherwise to this, but this seems like to be the first full generation of people with powers at this sort of level. Like I mean, certainly they have no interest in showing adults with with these powers, yeah. and they, like. They always talk about oh the level fives the most powerful ones and they're they're all of the sort of same age group so there's definitely mm-hmm. I'm sure the meta plot will will delve into that in some way shape or form but this idea that it's the kids who are uh, the most powerful ones and they've got this society built around their rituals and their way of interacting with each other kind of is it allows it to avoid some of the sort of farcicalness of um, other schools, high school superhero shows, where the moment they leave the school, it it just becomes pointless. But the school is everywhere in Railgun. It's the, it's the whole yeah. city. And so, right. so they can just impo- impose the, the, the kids' way of being in their, their, their teenage age concern with small things as being what like as you say in the most recent two episodes someone is just craving for the the food which reminds of her her home leads to her uh, saving someone from being kidnapped because she was gossiping on a a im service about out um uh indian poker cards rumored thing yeah so it's, it's like just someone gorging on her, on their their sort of favorite food and gossiping about something on social media leads to them being abducted and and having a like this 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 sort of like figuring out where the sniper is is moment and i, I like how and, and it's and it's lampshaded too cuz there's a there's a bit where uh i think it's Uihara is asking Kuroko uh she's like wait why are you trying to save people you're not on judgment duty this week and she, and she's like oh yeah i just thought i'd do do some for fun and it's like very much like oh yeah usually this is their their job but like jobs are have a weird liminal status when you're in school and especially if you're in anime school <laughs> uh that you that you just like you go to your part-time job sometime you're not very good you don't work there very often you don't get who knows how much you get paid but it's just kind of a a, a fixture of the sort of daily routine um, but yeah, I don't care where I, I don't really care about where the Indian poker thing is going. I hope we get some like good Uiharu and Satin stuff. And I hope Misaka gets to get to, gets to be involved in the plot again. <laughs> because she hasn't minimum, been around for a while. The absolute minimum amount of Toma. 
Like, I, yeah. I think like we had him come in and almost ruin an arc last last season just by drag something like dragging out yeah. of his hand. But because yeah. yeah, that's Toma. Yeah, but it's it's been good. And beside besides that one huge bump where we have to have like. I mean, I did. This is gonna sound bad. Uh, I did like that. Usually, girls get in a fight in anime about who has the bigger of the two very small busts. Um, and I liked that they kind of joined forces to like solve their problem together. But it's still a bad premise, and like it's a very weird like Misaka's Misaka Mikoto. Uh, her thing is that she like. She likes childishly cute stuff like that frog mascot. Yeah. That's her that's her character flaw, not that she has tiny boobs. That's just because she's in an anime. She has small boobs and so that's a that's an imparted character flaw. And it's very weird to like I don't know. I yeah. I don't know why they I mean I know why they have those because fan service is god, but it's still it was still a very weird thing and just to have it have it in the episode preview of the previous episode be like be like next up bust upper and i'm like oh no <laughs> it did did remind me of a bust gunner so yeah. <laughs> i, I kind of yes. liked it as a pun <laughs> i mean it's not you can't even be sure that that wasn't intentional but still like i don't know i don't i i tolerate girls being like weirdly rival rivalry focused about their relative bus sizes in anime but i don't like it and it's not funny to me so i don't know why it persists except that like i don't know for the same reason that grabbing a boob and thinking it's a watermelon persists in anime or a water balloon or uh a pillow sometimes are pillows uh help me andy what other what other things can you grab in an anime and think it's a and think Mm. it's not a boob I mean, uh. sometimes in Keijo, boobs are a place for butts. There's that. Um, yes. There's also yes. just been like, I mean, in Rent a Girlfriend, he just full out just shoves, shoves his hand out and then just grabs a boob. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes you just like are trying to grab air, but you yeah, grab a boob instead. Cushion is kind of um, quite a common, like, oh, what's that? Yeah, yeah that's, cushions. That's real. a common one. Watermelons, total sense. Peaches, apples. Uh, like <laughs> anything uh, remotely remotely yeah, round that, uh, that could be misinterpreted uh, likewise how sea cucumbers yeah. are always penises um, which again only appear in about well you know the trash that you're watching if that appears so you've only got yourself to blame yeah. <laughs> I mean I feel like there, there's a fundamental failure in comedy um, if if you're the the barrel that you're scraping is labeled touches a boob but doesn't know it. Yeah, uh, and it also <laughs> touches a boob for just because just way too long. Just Yeah. Well every, every guy who like touches like, oh, what is this? It's kinda soft. It's kinda <laughs> squishy, but it's firm. And it's just like and that's then, not how you do anything. Like What's about the dragon maid approach to it, which is 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 one character with boobs basically si- the size of the uh, another character <laughs> and then yeah, she rests them on top of his head because yeah. yeah. he's the perfect height and he looks horribly traumatized <laughs> yeah soon uh, to be two yeah dragons which i heard that the s- large tits since since miss kobayashi's dragon maid's getting a second season Yay. and apparently the antagonist is another cluelessly huge boobed dragon Ooh. um 
Yeah, yeah, that would. I still of... like the one the the one who works at the office who I feel like is like the, oh, yeah. the grad student mascot where she's like, I made time in my busy schedule because I was promised that there was candy here. <laughs> I've seen no candy so far. I had that as one of our early gifts on on Facebook because yeah, that's I'm very busy. So if there's not candy, I'm gonna leave. <laughs> Uh, is, <laughs> that's that, see, that's humor. Therefore. That's actually humor mm. based on like what human beings do in real life. Yeah. Slice of life, like part, part of me's he's glad to hear that there's going to be a second season of of Dragon Maid because it was obviously with where this is like I think is this the first show we've done since the the one year an, anniversary of the the fire? Because it uh, Kiwani fire, yeah, yeah, the Kiwani fire. Um, that was what day was that? I can't remember if it had, if it was for last time. Oh no, we, no, we not, would have we would have definitely because it was on it was July eighteenth that it happened. Yeah. So yeah, it's so, not the first thing they've released since the Annie Fire. Though, yeah. I think I think they, then they released the free movie. Mm, yeah. But one of, there's yeah. a lot of the Dragon Maid staff was, including the director, yeah. right? And so it's mm. part. Of, it's like it's good to see it still happening. That it hasn't just been like you. You feel like it's if someone's produces a work which they obviously loved producing with Dragon Maid. Dragon Maid's got so much love love in it. You you hate to think of the idea that oh that that that's just gone from the world with them and that no part of their their creativity and inspiration to that will ever live on. But equally you worry, well, can it ever be the same with different people? Can they ever re- recapture what those people brought to it? They, they can't, obviously, but can they still bring something of of the same same joy and energy out of it? And it's it's but then it's gonna be hard. Also, act. sort of yeah, no, it is. But then you're also sort of wondering, like, are they just going to do a straight emulation of his style, or are they actually going to try and emulate it and then do more? Yeah. Like, it, and I mean, it's, it's going to be got, interesting. It's got to be such a difficult. I mean, from like a, a fan perspective, it's. It's sort of a uh, nervous, like, mm, is this going to be good? But from their perspective, it's got to be just like following the 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 footsteps of your your people you knew well who are not, who are now gone. Yeah, yeah. Got you got to this... wonder about about institutional continuity versus versus special people mm. who who whose contribution can't be can't be recreated i really wonder who they're going to call up for this because um yasuhiro takamoto like spent his entire life at kyoani mm. and he did yeah did full metal panic fumofu hyoka lucky star yeah uh, after they fired what's his face uh, um the uh melancholy of her he chan suzumi and the disappear like he took over Ruki. he he was like a very diverse talent and who else would I consider replacing him? It, it's just an uncomfortable question yeah. to ask. And, but someone's I mean, going to have to ask it because, you know. Yeah. I would assume that, or would hope that the ethos of KyoAni would have, you know, moved across generations and people. Mm. And so, like, the spirit of what he is as a director, you would hope will move into the, or will be equivalent to whoever takes up the mantle for Dragon mm. Maid um, season two, um, and and maybe maybe it'll be directed by Naoko Yamada, 
and she won't want to put the big booby antagonist dragon in it as much. No, as... She's, maybe she she's likes big booby. Yeah. You never know. Well, I don't know. She, she did a sound I mean, voice she's in, in Liz and the Bluebird. She's in the promo stuff, so she's definitely going to be. In yeah, it. I know. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just. <laughs> we're just, we're just hoping. We're just hoping. Yeah. Um, I know. I was also going to say the one thing I liked about Great Pretender. I don't know how you feel about Abby um, as a weird sort of like femme fatale because she's not like Buxton. She's very sleek and slender. Mm. Um, I don't know how you felt about her character. I mean, like she, it's just a, another body shape. It's they still yeah. all pull off. She's she's got self confidence. She knows how to work other people socially and and manipulate them to get get what she wants. She's she hits every note you want from a femme fatale. She just happens to be tanned and not big busted, which is different from the standard. Uh, sort of Japanese femme fatale, which is good. It's it's yeah. Actually, the representation of a lot of um, a lot of minorities is quite strong in um, great pretenders, and and in not a such a cliche way. Although they probably came from very cliche backgrounds, specifically with Anne and Cesar. I can't remember his name, but there's another Bob Moss in there. Uh, gang boss who's pretty great uh his ending's great but yeah um maybe that'll be another topic that we should discuss mm. <laughs> if he felt like digging that barrel but that's besides the point digging that barrel <laughs> digging that say. barrel well it's a tough it's a tough thing to talk about and get right yeah typically yeah. from our views um so yeah <clears throat> anywho moving on well, let's go ahead and wrap it up there. Remember, tune in next episode and write us if you have any ideas for our topic, which is parents, parenting, and parenthood in anime. Ah, uh, you're going to hate me if I say I think, like, parents is really similar to family. I don't know. I think that there's something interesting to, to say about how, like, parents are often really absent, especially in slice-of-life okay. anime. We yeah, can find we yeah. can find something. It may not be like a it may not be perfect, but it'll be ours. Mm. But in the meantime, yeah. rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. Find us on Twitter, Keyframes Pod. Find us on Facebook, search for Keyframes Podcasts. Email us questions, keyframespodcasts at gmail dot com, and of course, tell a friend. But I would say they're not any friend. I'd say uh, the friend that also hired the same, a different escort from the same escort service that you hired your girlfriend oh, at. God. And then have a really oh. weird, like, double date. <laughs> oh, Andy. <laughs> because no. that, happens, that happens all the time. That are you doing, are you doing Vader time. or Bane? I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> someone in just deep pain at what someone else just has said. Do not want... <laughs> that's an obscure meme mashup for you kids say goodbye everybody bye tiktok lovers bye everybody <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> okay oh, no.